Pastor Lau and Pastor Dala Haperset would like to welcome you to the following message from New Hope International Church in Seattle, Washington. Here is Pastor Lau's anointed teaching that will change your life with love, hope, and peace in Jesus Christ. And now, Pastor Lau. I'm so thirsty. Tonight I would like to talk about revival. I would like to talk about how to enter revival and how to stay in revival. I'm going to talk about many, many things tonight. Before I share the truth about revival, let me explain to you a little bit before we get in there for my own life. Now I understand more what Jesus was, is doing in the Bible, in the full gospel, in the book of Acts. If you notice, when Jesus was on earth, he went many places to preach the gospel. He taught the truth, and he made disciples. Many people heard the gospel in that generation. Many people got healed, got delivered from demons. He performed signs and wonders. And many people followed him. A lot of people followed him including the 70 and the 12, and many women followed to serve him. But interesting, before he left the earth, he said to the disciple, wait in Jerusalem because the promise of the Father will come to pass. And what is the promise of the Father in the book of Joel? The outpouring of the Spirit of God. The touch of the file of God. On that day, in the upper room, all these people who followed Jesus for three years plus get into revival, the outpouring of the file of God. Now, I look at my own life. I see the scripture, and I see my own life. American missionary went to Thailand and preached the gospel to me. I was a very devout Buddhist, I heard the gospel for three months. Then I gave my life to Jesus. Then a few people in Bangkok discipled me, taught me the Bible every week. I went to that home, learned the Bible. I went to church. I went to Baptist church. I studied the Bible with the missionary every week. I get to know more the Bible, more the Bible. But I lack one ingredient of my life. That is revival. I was born again. I knew the Bible. I even started to serve God as a pastor and preach the word of God. But something missing in my life. I remember in around 1994, 95, I know that something is missing in my life because I still was in bondages, so many bondages. I still have a lot of wrong doctrine at that time. My ministry did not go anywhere. And I began to cry out to God, God, something is missing. At that time, I did not understand what was missing because I did not fully understand the Bible. I was born again. I love God. I serve God wholeheartedly. I'm a man of the word. I study the word. I preach the word. But something missing. Until one day, God said to me, you go to that meeting in Portland, Oregon. That meeting, I will answer your prayer. 
So Pastor Dan and I, we drove to Portland, Oregon, to a meeting. Oh, a lot of people, hundreds of people in that meeting. We took our mom, my mom, to my mom got afflicted by cancer. So we took her there to be prayed for. And in that meeting was the first time I met the fire of revival. The fire of God touched me in 1996 in Portland, Oregon. And after that day. My life turned the corner, and I can see my new journey. Now I look back. I understand why Jesus said, "Don't go out to preach the gospel yet, but wait in Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high." I remember when I was in a charismatic church, when I first joined the charismatic church, Acts. Chapter two talk about the outpouring, people speaking in tongues. I thought, oh, that scripture is about just you are filled with the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues. Yes, we all need to speak in tongues as a believer. But now I look back and look into the scripture again with the experiences of what I see from the scripture. Now I understand it's not just about speaking in tongues, because in the upper room. The Bible say, the wind came in there, the fire came upon people. They did not only speak in tongues; they got drunk in the Holy Spirit. They were filled with the fire of God. Revival happened in the upper room. So the upper room experience of the early church is not just about speaking in tongues, but it's about enter into revival. So, I want to say this way: It's God's will for every believer. Okay, you're born again. You are being made disciple by the church, by your shepherd, by your care group leader. But it's not the perfect will of God if you stop there. Jesus say, "You must wait until the fire of God come upon you." In other words. He want his church to encounter the revival, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, and not only to get into the revival, but also maintain and stay in revival all the days of our life, because Jesus Christ is coming back to meet the bride, the holy bride, and the only person. That can make the church holy and pure. We call sanctification. Is the Holy Spirit or the fire of God? If we just have salvation and disciple, the church can end up to be just organization, just another group of people who come together, and no one care about holiness, no one care about righteousness. It's just another organization, and try to build a church and get more people saved, and people end up being in the flesh and controlling and all this stuff. I don't want that. I want to keep my life and keep the church I take care of in revival until Jesus come back. Second Timothy chapter one verses six to eight. This is from Amplified Bible, written by Paul to Timothy. This is why I would remind you to stir up, rekindle the embers of, 
fan the flame off, keep burning the gracious gifts of God, the inner fire that is in you by means of the laying on of my hands with those of the elders at your ordination. Talking about the laying on of hand, talking about the fire of God came into Timothy with the gracious gift so that he can be the pastor. I know I can be a pastor and preacher by the grace of God, not because I'm a great man. For God did not give us a spirit of timidity, cowardice, craven and crinking and frowning fear. But he has given us a spirit of power and of love, of calm and well-balanced mind and discipline and self-control. When the fire of God, when revival enter into people's life, when you are so full of the Spirit, the inner fire is burning on the inside of you, what happened to you is that you are not coward anymore. You dare to speak the truth. You dare to preach the gospel without the fear of man. But not only you have boldness, but you also walk in love, self-control, and also well-balanced family and ministry, well-balanced of things. You are calm. You're not upset easily anymore. How can we tell a person is in revival? A person who is in revival, I tell you, very simple. Walking in love. Love people. Have power. You can see more power in that person. Bonus to preach the gospel. Not fear of man anymore. And not only that, able to be self-control. That's why the church needs to be in revival. To keep burning with the fire of God. Paul warned Timothy, Hey, do you know the devil is going to try to quench the fire? The devil is going to try to put out the fire of God in your life and in the church. He's going to send distractions and problems and this and that to stop the revival or stop the fire of God. And that happened to every century, every part of church history that the devil will come into the church and try to stop the fire of God. That's one of the things that I promise God. As long as I live, I'm going to keep fighting against the devil to keep the fire in my life, burning fire in my life. I will not let it die down. And I'm going to keep that in my church and in the churches that I take care of around the world. The fire of God needs to be burning and burning all the days until Jesus returns. So tonight, and maybe it's next time, I'd like to talk about how to enter into revival and how to keep revival in our life. I've seen so many people in my life enter into revival, get touched by God on fire, and a few years later, just go back again to tradition, to the law, to all the religion things, and just totally doesn't care about the fire of God any longer. It's the trick of the enemy to get people out from the fire. So you need to make a decision. Once for all, I will stay, not only in salvation, not only to be a disciple, but I'm going to obey Jesus Christ. I will be part of that upper room, 
I'm going to keep the glory and the fire of God in my life. And I tell you, if a millionaire walk into this room and tell Pastor Lau, if you don't stop the fire, I will leave this church. I will not tie to this church anymore. I said, thank you so much. It's up to you. But I'm not going to give up the fire for your one million dollars because I want to obey the Bible. I want to keep God's people in revival until the last day of my life. Revival is the sovereign move of God that moves us into His perfect plan that He has laid up before the creation of the world. Since I have been in a revival, I can see God move me toward His plan. Since 1996, 1997, I can see that my Christian life is so different from before. And I can see in my own life that the things start to be revealed, how God used me, because that fire moved me into His plan. And on the day of Pentecost, the sovereign move of God came, and I want to tell you that that move has not stopped yet. God still opened heaven. God never say one time in the Bible that the outpouring of the Holy Spirit happened only on the day of Pentecost, and it has stopped and forget about it. Sorry, you were born too late. No. The Bible never say the outpouring of the Holy Spirit has stopped. It still happened. Next week, I'm going to be in Switzerland and in Germany. And I can guarantee the move of God is going to happen there. People are going to be touched by God there. It's still happening. I just went to Virginia. The move of God happened in Virginia. And now one American man from Chicago who went there, went back home. His wife is on fire now. He contacted me. He's going to start a church in Chicago now. Another group of people from New York went to that meeting. They went back. Now they want to start a church in New York. They have become on fire right now. The fire of God touched them. They said they cannot live, stay in religion anymore. They need the fire of God in New York. They need the fire of God in Chicago. You see, the fire of God still fall. But why it doesn't fall somewhere? There must be the reason. That's why I'm wanting to talk about this. You need to understand that the devil hates revival. The devil will go against revival to the end. Therefore, he will bring every kind of hindrance to revival. He will try to stop the outpouring of the Holy Spirit in the churches and in the body of Christ. So, as a believer, after we know the Bible, that Jesus said, go to that upper room and encounter the fire of God. Now we need to make a decision. It's our choice. I know that you're here by your choice. We make a choice. I make a choice myself to stay in revival. Or you're going to make a choice. Hey, pastor, I think this is too much. I'm going to just have a decent meeting, one hour, sinking a little bit, and don't bother too much, and then I hurry to go home to watch the football game. That's all I need as a Christian. I make a choice to just go to church one hour and no touch of God, nothing else. That is enough for me. I'm not going to blame anybody. I'm not going to condemn anybody. We all have choices to make. And I make a choice to stay 
in the glory or in the presence of God until Jesus come back. I don't want just to have a nice meeting and everyone is happy. No, I want revival. Why I say that? Because in fact, revival is an upheaval. Revival is a war, battle. A lot of people feel uncomfortable in revival meeting because it's an upheaval between the fire of the Holy Spirit and your flesh, demon inside people, and the curse inside people. There is a big head-on collision between the Holy Spirit and the devil. It's very uncomfortable. I remember when I went to the second revival service, not in Portland, the second one in Clearwater, Florida. I went there. Who I tell you, Pastor Dan, I sit there. People got touched by God. We were very uncomfortable. Pastor Dan said, I'm not sure I should be here. She said that. She's just so uncomfortable when God's moving and hit people in that meeting. But thank God, God knows. That night, Pastor Dan had a dream in the hotel in Clearwater. God saved both of us because if my wife is not happy, I don't want to fight with her. But God, Pastor Dan has... A dream that night that she was getting married with me. The wedding going to start around 5 o'clock or 4 o'clock. And she's getting dressed in that preparation for the wedding. She kept doing the hair, the makeup, the dress, everything. By 7 p.m., it's not done yet. In other words, she was not ready for the wedding. And she woke up after that dream. Right away... Pastor Dan and I, when we know about this dream, we repented. And we know right away, God was speaking to us. Son and daughter, you are not ready for the wedding ceremony with the Lamb. You still have a lot of problems in your life. You are not a holy church. You are not a holy people. You still have a lot of bad stuff in you. You need the file of God. After that night... After that dream, we pursue revival. And we want to be a part of the end time bride of the Lord Jesus Christ. And to today, how many years now? 1996. 22 years have gone by. We still pursue the fire of holiness. Amen. And again, I say, when God shows up, it's upheaval. Let me show you in the scripture. Luke 8:33. Then the demons went out from the man and entered the swine, and the herd ran violently down the steep place into the lake and drowned. When Jesus showed up, what happened? Demons come out, and the swine jump out of the cliff. Look at another one. Mark chapter two, verse four. When God shows up. And when they could not come near him because of the crowd, they uncovered the roof where he was. So when they had broken through, they let down the bed on which the paralytic was lying. Wow, when the fire of God show up, when the presence of God show up, the swine may run into the cliff. Your roof may be open. Something going to happen. Some shaking thing going to happen to you. Revival is a disturbance in the atmosphere. Revival is making the change 
in the spiritual climate. Revival this does not rock the boat, but it turns the boat over, upside down. When I start to bring revival or the fire of God to this church, I lost about 30 members right away. People walk out, and they don't want to be here. I got confronted by some people and say, can you stop laying out of hand? Can you stop doing this thing, the laying out of hand and the fire of God? And if you don't stop, you need to cut down your service down to one hour. This is not right in America to have two-hour service, three-hour service. You should cut it down. And initially, I yielded. But only two months later, the Holy Spirit convicted me. Are you fearing man or are you fearing me? I said, I fear God. Then keep doing it. They left, that couple. Are you glad that they left with something? They, you clapped your hand. They left with a few people. I lost, I did not only lose a lot of members in that generation. I lost my position in the denomination. I lost all the friends in Thailand that served God with me. They all did not want to associate. All the invitation to Japan, Singapore, Hong Kong, all cancel. And they say, why you cancel me? Uh, because you move in the Holy Spirit. We don't like it. We don't like the way you do things. Therefore, we're going to cut our relationship with you. Wow. It's a price to pay. I lost members, and those members are not poor. They are well-to-do people. I lost friend. I lost the pastor friend. Many people walk out for me because of the file of God. But that's okay. I have to choose God. I cannot choose man. Revival is an upheaval. Revival is not just of a meeting with a large crowd. Revival can close some churches. Revival can make people leave the church. You know why? Because when the light turns on, you're going to see the cockroaches. You're going to see some bad thing run around the spider in the room. Is that right? When it's dark, the spider come out and walk around, and the cockroaches walk around, no problem. When with the light turn on, you see all this stuff. The same thing when the file of God hit the church. Sins of people will be exposed. Religion, religious spirit of the pastor will be exposed. Wrong doctrines will be exposed right away. Either you repent, or you say, the fire, get out of here. I don't want this because you are exposing my sin, my humanity, my wrong doctrine. So you have to choose between the fire or you're going to choose the man's way of doing things. I rather choose the presence of God. Amen? So that is the price to pay. But I rather choose the fire. I fear God more than man. So if you want the fire of God, you have to pay the price. People may hate you. People may criticize you. If you want to enter the fire of God, one thing you need to do is that you will not be a man pleaser. You need to be God pleaser. If you try to please man, definitely some rich people are going to come to you and say, stop that, and you're going to back off and say, I cannot do this because I'm going to lose my income. You need to please God more than man. Amen? If you want to see the fire, you need to be the carrier of the fire, 
of God. In other words, you let the fire burning on the inside you and never stop the fire of God on the inside of you. And then everywhere you go, revival will happen over there. Amen? In order to enter into the fire of God, into revival, another thing, not only that you don't fear man, too, you have to get rid of the spirit of control. Spirit of control comes from the religious spirit. When the pastor like me, or any elders of the church has the spirit of control. They will not only control you, but they will control God. They will control, if they don't like this way, they're going to tell, stop right now. They will control people and control God. And they will control the spirit of God as well. Don't move too much. Don't do this. Don't cast out demons in front of public because people are going to be shocked. They will control everything. They will control the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is like a gentleman. If you block him and you say, no, you cannot do this in this church, you know what he's going to do? Bye-bye. He will not be there. That's why I repented in 1997 when I entered the file of God into revival. I promised God I'm not going to be a control man. I'm not going to control everyone and control God. Whatever God wants to do, I will follow him like an eagle that fly with his wind. I'm not going to do any manipulation to make something happen. As a Christian, you can do good things, but out of your flesh. Listen carefully. Many years ago, I was involved in a church planting business. And in that church planting business, we have meetings day and night, and we command people to sell their home and leave the church and go to plant church another place. We control everybody. You have to leave right now. Go to that. Go to that. And everyone get in, inspired by wanting to plant more church. Oh, if you don't go plant church, you're not a good Christian. You, you need people feel guilty. They have to go and feel kind of a little bit pushing. But it's all controlled by the pastor, by me, by people. And I learned the lesson that I was producing Ishmael. Ishmael is a picture of man control. God said to Abraham, you're going to have a boy. Abraham wait one year, two years, five years. Nothing happened. I need to be in a hurry. This is too late. This is too slow. So let's do something else. Let's get Hagar and sleep with her so I can have a boy. And what happened is a mess. Ishmael is a picture of working by the controlling of the flesh. But Isaac was the birth of the spirit. Since I have been in revival, I repented. And I don't want to manipulate, push anybody to do anything. I want the Holy Spirit to be the one who moves people to do the right thing at the right time according to his schedule, not man's way. I know that some of you may say, I don't agree with you. This is my way. I want to follow the Holy Spirit. Can you imagine? Jesus could have just 
forgetting about going to the cross and just start the church by then. Oh, okay, ten thousand people follow me. Now I should start the church now, now. And he just say, I don't go to the cross. I can start the church now. But he decided not to start the church. But he went to the cross because his mission is to die, not to start the church. But after he died, by the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, the first church was birthed in Jerusalem. God's timing, birth by the Spirit, not by man's manipulation. Therefore, if we want to keep revival, we need to stop the spirit of control and man's way. We need to yield to the Holy Spirit. By the way, many churches that happened in that generation that I was involved with has closed down already. So many heartaches, so many divorces, so many bad things happened because of the man's control at that generation. So many bad things happened. I learned the lesson. I see it in my own eyes how bad it is. So I want the Spirit of God to move and to birth things with me. I want to follow the Holy Spirit. I don't want to force people or push people around. That's revival. You don't control people. Amen? The spirit of religion and the spirit of tradition and control are opposite to the spirit of revival. Hallelujah. Another thing, if you want to get into revival, it's so important. Number one, no spirit of control. Number two, we learned a while ago that we are willing to lose some benefit. People may walk away from us. Three, we need to have a strong desire to meet the file of God, to be changed by the file of God. And we need to fear God more than man or please God more than pleasing man. Another one, if you want to stay in revival or enter revival, you need to make sure that you are not in the wrong association. In a wrong association. You are affected by your co-workers and your friends. If you are around Christians who don't like the Holy Spirit, who don't like the file of God, believe me, in a few months, you'll be gone. Because they affect you. You need to be around people who are hungry for the things of God. Love the glory. Love the presence of God. Hungry to grow more. To do more things for God. Hungry to save souls. To preach the gospel, to heal the sick, and to cast out demons. People who love the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Association is so important in our life. Amen? That's why I went to visit churches on a regular basis because I want to go back there and stir up the fire again and get them in the fire instead of moving back into tradition again. We need to keep burning the fire. I have done like Apostle Paul. Apostle Paul just keep visiting churches and he went there and he imparted the Spirit and keep the fire of God going. So that is the way. You need association. You need to come together. This is the reason why in our camp every year, a lot of people flew from every place to come together to be in association together, to really get into the fire of God together in the yearly camp in August. Amen? If you welcome the fire of God, the sin will be burned out. The sin will be taken away from your life. The bondage will be taken away. So one way that the devil tried to quench the fire in the church is number one, as I mentioned, wrong association. 
Number two, he will lure you into certain kind of sin. And if you yield to sin, you get distracted by sin, and get discouraged by the things of the world. Eventually, you're gonna quit being in the fire of God. Sin is the enemy of revival. Amen. We need to make decision. I'm gonna repent. I hate sin. I want to live a righteous life. I want to be holy like God. I don't want to play with any sin at all. Fire, burn the sin out of me. Because if you keep playing game with sin, you're gonna quench the fire of God eventually, and you're gonna walk away from the fire of God. The fire of God will burn the sin away if you're willing to let Him burn. That's why you cannot be friend with sin. You need to hate sin and let the fire of God come in to help you. The devil will try to quench the fire by sending different hindrances, different problems into your life. I tell you, 20 something years now, I face all kinds of things to quench the fire in me, to stop all kinds of things. Pressure from man, temptation, whatever. That it's come against me to stop the fire because he knows if he can stop me, this church can stop too. So I have to fight. I have to stand firm. I will stay in revival. Even the whole church don't want revival, I want the revival still. I cannot force you, but I myself still want to stay in revival until the last day of my life. Amen? Revival is not a game. Revival is not something good to do in the church so that the church will grow more. To draw the people to the church. No. Revival is a war. Revival will cause upheaval. Either people love it to death or people will hate it and walk away. Because it's so uncomfortable. When the Holy Spirit moves, Believe me, your flesh will feel uncomfortable. And the demon inside some people is going to feel uncomfortable too. So you may hear the voice tonight. Get out from the chair. Walk out right now. Because if you stay, you may have to stop watching pornography. Because demon is going to come out. So he will do everything for you to run away through that door and say, don't stay here. It's very uncomfortable. When the Holy Spirit is moving. That's why you need to make a decision. Are you going to choose God or are you going to choose the darkness? You have to make a choice. I want to grow more. I want to be set free from bondage and curses and sin or I want to stay in bondage, in chain and sin. You have to make decision. I cannot make decision for you. For me, I want to be free from bondage. I want to grow. I want to be pleasing to God. Revival is a serious business. It's a serious business. Because, I tell you, some of you may come in tonight with a spirit of cancer in your body. And it's going to be manifesting in a few years to kill you. And tonight, the fire of God touched you. Burn that demon out of you. Instead of dying at 65, you live until 100 years old. It's a life and death business. Revival is a serious business. 
1996-1997 I got into revival my life and my wife life a change we become more righteous and we take serious about God and we don't do anything in the church like flesh and sinful thing in the church anymore because of that my children have been blessed because it dictate the future of my offspring one man can change in this room can affect sons and daughter grandson and granddaughter it will not just be you you may not die soon your kids will be changed things will be changed in your life because of revival that's why the devil will stop try to stop revival Because he want to kill your family, kill you, destroy your family, destroy your children, but the fire of God come in to burn all those junk out of you. One thing that the devil used to quench the fire, I want to call religion. Religion is something that is opposite to the fire of God. Religion is in opposition of the anointing. If you notice, the people who hated Jesus, the anointed man, was the religious people, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, and the teachers of the law. They want to push him into the cliff and kill him. They are the one who told the Roman Empire to kill him. Spirit of religion, spirit of tradition, and spirit of control are against the fire of God. And revival. Let me read scripture in Galatians chapter 5 that Paul wrote to the believers in Galatians. The Galatians people got saved by faith, by the moving of the Holy Spirit, and they were in the right track. And then suddenly, somebody come into the church and start to spread the law and religion again. So Christ has truly set you free. Now make sure that you stay free and don't get tied up again in slavery. To the law, to the religion. Listen, I, Paul, tell you this: If you are counting on circumcision to make you right with God, then Christ will be of no benefit to you. I say it again: If you are trying to find favor with God by being circumcised, you must obey every regulation in the whole law of Moses. So Paul tried to say, we don't go back. Religion, we are in the dispensation of grace, faith, and the Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit is moving. I become a pastor not because of the law. I preach now not because I have to. I become a pastor, study the Bible, and preach because of the grace of God is working in me, not because of the law. Not because I have to do circumcision, undergo circumcision. No. All the male in this room say, "Thank you, Pastor. You don't have to undergo circumcision. Are you glad? Okay. You don't come to New Hope and say you cannot be member here until you undergo circumcision. For if you are trying to make yourself right with God by keeping the law, you have been cut off from Christ." You have fallen away from God's grace. 
But we who live by the Spirit, we don't live by the law. We live by the Spirit. Eagerly wait to receive by faith the righteousness of God has promised to us. For when we place our faith in Christ Jesus, there is no benefit in being circumcised or being uncircumcised. What is important is faith expressing itself in love. You were running the race so well. Who has held you back from following the truth? It certainly is not God. God is not the one who holds you back from the truth. For He is the one who called you to freedom. This false teaching is like a little yeast that spread through the whole batch of dough. I am trusting the Lord to keep you from believing false teachings. God will judge the, that person, whoever he is, who has been confusing you. We want revival. We don't want the law. I don't want to put this church into the law again. I want to put this church in the spirit, in the grace of God. You walk by the Spirit. You're cleansed. You stop sinning because, not because you have to follow the law. You stop sinning because the fire of God in you get rid of those junk out of you. And you live a righteous life out of the grace, by the Spirit of grace on the inside of you. The Spirit of grace live inside. Make you hate that pornography. Make you hate that cigarette. Make you say, yucky, this alcohol. I don't want to get drunk with alcohol. By the Spirit, not by the law. We are in the dispensation of the Spirit of God. Amen? Freedom. Sometimes God spoke to me. When you go to Thailand, please don't preach the law. Because they already have a lot of Buddhist law. Hundreds of law. If you come as a Christian and you come with the law again, they say, oh, you are not different from me. You have law, I have law. Okay, I continue Buddhism. No, no, no. We go to Thailand with fire, with the power of the Holy Spirit. In the name of Jesus, cast demon out of them. Put the fire of God in them and they can live a holy life. Not by the law. Amen? A lot of people don't want the fire because they don't want to lose their job. They don't want to lose their Salary as a pastor, denomination association, pension plan. I tell you, get into the revival, sometime you have to face a big loss for God. You have to sacrifice because somebody is not going to be happy. And they may kick you out. They may call you false teacher and blah, blah, blah. That's okay because we know it's good. To be with the Holy Spirit. And He changed me so much. I know and I know I'm going the right direction. Because the Holy Spirit leads me to holiness and the love for God. So if I lose salary because of the fire, I'm happy to lose it. A sacrifice. A price to pay. Amen? Yes, we should be evangelists. We should save souls. But the question is, as a local church, let me ask this question. Where are the believers going to end up when Jesus comes back? Are you going to end up in religion and bondage? Are you going to end up in holiness and falling in love with Jesus Christ? It's a choice. 
It's not easy. I rather keep the church in holiness and in falling in love with Jesus, in the presence of the Holy Spirit, not in religion. Hallelujah. When you get into the fire, you may need to change the doctrine. I tell you right now, I have changed many doctrines since I have been in a fire. I came up to the pulpit and apologized to the whole church so many times that I was wrong. Because my doctrine was wrong before that. Many times when I was on the floor, the Holy Spirit touched me. I was drunk in the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit spoke to me. Son, what you're doing is wrong. Can you stop that? Uh, can you show me the Bible? He showed me the Bible. And I repented. After that, I changed the direction of the church. Adjust. Because I'm a senior pastor. The Holy Spirit always come and correct me. Any wrong doctrine, he will confront with me. Because he wants holiness in the church. So you are with a pastor who really fear God. I'm not going to play around. If God corrected me, I will repent right away. I'm happy to cancel the wrong doctrine in my life. I don't want to tell you what kind of wrong doctrine. I have no time right now. Amen? The fire of God comes to burn all the religion, tradition, false teaching, and curses in the church. This is a problem in the body of Christ. Most people like to be an observer. People like to observe. But only a few people press in and enter into the things of God. Jesus was walking on earth. Thousands of people, 10,000 of people follow him. Can you imagine? Let's us go back to, uh, to 2,000 years ago. Let's go back right now. Standing before Jesus, you saw a man named Jesus, Yeshua Hamakshik, Jesus Christ. He lay hand on the sick. People get healed in front of your eyes. The blind eyes open. The deaf can hear. Demon come out. He raised the dead. He stopped the wind. He walked on the water. Wow. If you walk with this kind of man, I believe you will be like, oh, Jesus, don't let me go anywhere. I'm going to follow you everywhere. I'm so excited to be with this anointed man. And before he left the world, he said, hey, guy, I have an announcement. I'm leaving. But I'm going to send a comforter to you. Wait in Jerusalem. Don't go anywhere because the greatest event in the history is going to happen. That was promised by the Father in the book of Job. Please listen to me. If you were there 2,000 years ago, listening to Jesus say, Don't leave Jerusalem, wait. Would you do it? Would you do it? I would. This man healed the sick. Thousands of people get healed. He feed 5,000 people with five loaves and two fish. Oh, what a man. I believe that the first day after he went up to heaven, there might be a lot of people in that building. I believe. Not just 120. I believe. A lot. Because a lot of people get excited about what he say. Wait in Jerusalem. But... Ten days later, 120 people. Where are the rest? They're too busy. They have appointment. 
They have something else to do. They're not hungry. They are not pressing in. They rather go back to the religion and bondage. They don't want the Holy Spirit. My brothers and sisters, that's why not a lot of people in the world want to enter revival because of the complacency. Life is easy in America. We have Medicare, Social Security. We have everything. Why have to wait on God ten days? It's too long. Ten days. I have business to do. Acts chapter one verses eight and nine. But you shall receive power, ability, efficiency, and might when the Holy Spirit has come on you, and you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends and the very bowels of the earth. And when he had said this, even as they were looking at him, he was caught up, and a cloud received and carried him away out of that sight. Jesus said, "Hey." You're going to encounter the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. This is a, one of the greatest events in world history. Wow. But the problem in our society nowadays is that the church lacks the elements of waiting. Because we get used to quick button, turn on TV, done. Turn off. We get used to drive-through food. We drive in, Big Coke, Big Mac. Credit card, two minutes. I get my food, I get my drink, bye-bye. We are in the generation of no waiting. No patience. That's why revival happened, I believe, less in America than third world country. Because people in America, everything, rush. Pastor, you preached too long, already 9.03. Too long. When I first went to the revival meeting in 1996, 1997 to about year 2008 and 9, that I'm, I'm too busy with mission and I cannot go, go back there. And I move in revival myself now. But during those years, I tell you, when I went to the revival meeting, I have to play airplane ticket myself, stay in the hotel, wake up at 7 a.m., went to the meeting at 9 a.m., and I stayed there until 2 p.m. before the pastor paid for you. And then I went back to the hotel, sleep one hour, come back to the meeting room again at 6 p.m. to stand in the line because I want the front seat. So I stand in the line, everyone line up. Everyone want to sit in the front. So I have to go there one hour early to stand in the line. If I come late, I will sit in the back. And when I get in there, the preacher keep preaching. Wow, this is 11 p.m. Is he going to lay hand? And he keep going. He want to see. Later on, he told me. He want to see who will wait to get the fire. And some people walk out and disappear. They could not wait. In order to get into revival, you need to learn how to separate yourself. Set yourself aside from the things of the world and wait upon the Lord. That's the reason why if you go to New Hope Church Camp, you notice one thing. How many people have gone to our camp before? You notice one thing? The fire of God 
poor into the camp stronger than the church Sunday. Because church Sunday, when I finish preaching at 11.45, everyone like, oh, my stomach, oh, I need to get out to eat. My kids in the room, I need to go pick him up. I have an appointment with my mother-in-law at 12.30 for lunch. Everyone busy, disappear. But in the camp, we set aside a time. No work, no business. We cannot do anything. We just go there and just soak in the presence of God. The fire of God came down and touched all the youth, touched the children. Many children saw vision, went to heaven in the camp. So many of us got touched by God because we set aside the time Separate ourselves from the things of the world and learn how to press in and wait on God. Revival comes when people press in beyond the veil of time, beyond the veil of the flesh and the veil of tradition. Because they're so hungry. I got into the fire because I was so hungry. I don't want to be the same way anymore. I studied the Bible, but my life's still uh, in a mess. I need something else, not just the Word of God. Why I could not love people? Why I could not have faith? Why my faith is so weak? I cannot be nice to my wife. I'm not a good husband. Something wrong here in my life. And the fire of God came and burned the junk out of me. And I can be what God wants me to be. Amen? Everyone say, press in. Everyone say, set aside. Everyone say, separate. Everyone say, waiting. We need to wait. We need to really be hungry for the things of God, for the move of God. We should not be hungry only 10 years ago. We should be hungry today too. We should be hungry every day. Some people say, oh, it's a sovereign choice of God to move his fire in certain church. But he doesn't choose our church. Wrong doctrine. God wants to move in every church. He, he doesn't play a favorite. He is not respecter of people. He wants to move in every church. But why not every, every church has revival? Because all of this that I talk about, religion, tradition, pleasing man, control, the fear of man, too rush, too long, I cannot wait. The service too long. I need to get out of here now. I have something else to do. Too much, too uncomfortable. Oh, I want to stay in the old way. I don't want to change. I like the old way. So many reasons that God cannot open the floodgate of heaven to pour his fire in certain group of people. It's our choice. Tonight, I give you the key. How to stay, how to get into revival. Hunger. Yielding, press in, desire to change, don't fear man, don't control the Holy Spirit, willing to pay the price, and let God burn you.
burn the junk out of you. It may not happen in one setting. It, he may need to burn you little by little, change you little by little. But I want to encourage you to really seek to be burned by the fire of God. Sometimes when the evangelists lay hand on me, I don't feel anything. I lie down, and within two minutes, the fire of God hit me. You know why? God wants to see that what kind of person I am. If I don't feel anything, I walk away. It means I'm not pressing in. I'm not waiting. I wait on God. I just sit there. Many times in revival service, when many years ago, I'm not leaving the room until I get touched. I just sit there until God touch me, and God always touch me because I was so hungry. I was just pressing in, pressing in, pressing in until I got drunk on the chair. No one lay hand on me. I would not leave until God touched me. I was that hungry. Again, I teach you my experience. I teach you the principle tonight. It's up to you whether you want to stay in revival or not. Salvation is one thing. Making disciple is one thing. Revival is also one thing. Jesus moved his people from salvation to discipleship and then into revival. Therefore, I believe this is the cycle of life in the church. People come in, get saved, make disciple, join the care group. Discipleship, teach the Bible, train them how to serve God. But don't stop at only discipleship and learning the Bible. People need to be touched by the fire of God. Wait there until the Holy Spirit touch you. It's a command of Jesus Christ. Amen? I hope you get it. How many people say, salvation is not enough? How many people say, I want to be disciple? How many people say, disciple is not enough? I want to be revived. I want to be soaked by the fire of God, by the, the tangible presence of God. Amen? Hallelujah. Brother and sister, don't walk in fear. I know some of the family in this room, I want to say right now to encourage you. When you come to this kind of church, you get touched by the fire. The devil is very upset right now. He's going to do everything to stop you from coming to this church. He may attack your children. He may attack your money. And that's what happened to me. He attacked me right and left to stop the fire. Don't give up. Don't run away. Stay in the fire. Because victory is going to come. Eventually, your children, your finances, your health, everything is going to turn around if you don't give up. Amen? You need to stick, wait, press in, press in, press in. Don't give up. He is good at threatening you by throwing some dart on you so that you will be like, oh, I come to this church and sound like since I'm in the fire, got a lot of attacks. Don't worry about it. God is on the winning side with you. You're going to win eventually. <laughs> Stay in the fire all the days of your life. How many people want to be ready to meet 
the Lord Jesus as the bride. Raise your hand up. How many people say I'm not ready yet? <laughs> Maybe you need to have a dream like Pastor Da. I'm not ready for the wedding ceremony. We need the fire of God to get us ready. Holy bride, wearing the white linen, which means the righteousness of the saints. I promise God many times, even though maybe no one like this church in Seattle, and only five people show up because they cannot stand this. I promise God, as long as I'm a pastor, I will prepare the holy bride for Jesus. No play around in this church with sin. Nothing. I'm going to deal with it. Not by the law, but by the Spirit. Amen? We may not be popular in Seattle. That's okay. Because on last day, I have to stand before Jesus. What are you doing? You allow pornography, adultery, fornication, gossiping, fighting, strife, loving money, greed in the church. No. I'm going to keep being example, teaching you, warning you, lay hand on you until your head, your hair, gone. <laughs> the fire of God will burn the greed in your life, burn the wrong spirit in you, because we want to prepare the bride of Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. But I believe our, we will grow. We will not stay small. God is pulling in people who are hungry into this church. We will not stay the same. It's just the timing of God. God's timing. I know all God's timing. We just have to do, be faithful to do whatever He say, and He has His own timing. Amen? Like Abraham. I'm not going to produce Ishmael. Hurry up. No, I'm not going to. I'm going to produce Isaac in this church. God's timing and let the Holy Spirit lead this church, not man. Isaac in every ministry. Amen. God's way are not man's way. His ways are not man's way. We have to follow his ways. We need to follow the Holy Spirit. Amen. Father, we thank you so much, Lord, for reminding your people to obey the command of Jesus to be touched by the fire, to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And like what Apostle Paul say, keep being filled, keep being touched, keep being changed by your glory, by your Holy Spirit, from glory to glory to glory, until the radiance of your Son, Jesus Christ, happen in our life. That we look like Jesus so much. We have more anointing, more power, more love, more faith, more compassion, more righteousness. Oh Lord, we want to join the bride of Christ in all over the world. We want to be holy and pure. 
But we know that we cannot do that by our own strength. We need the touch of God. We need the fire of the Holy Spirit to touch us, to burn the junk out of us, the dross out of us, the human things, the things of the world, the lust of the eyes, the lusts of the flesh, and the pride of life. The cares of this world, the bondage, religion, tradition, curses—all the bad things that have been in us from generation to generation. Oh Lord, may you come visit this house, visit your people, Lord. Your people will learn how to separate themselves. Set aside the time to meet you. Wait on you. Those disciple father, they waited for ten days, but many people left. Oh Lord, I feel sorry for those who left that day. And those hundred twenty people received the blessing because they wait. Because they were hungry for the things of God. Thank you, Lord. Tonight, if you're not sure that you are born again, you're not sure that your name is recorded in the book of life. I want to encourage you to give your life to Jesus Christ, to be really born again. Give your heart, your life to Jesus. If you want to do that, pray with me. Father in heaven, I give my life to you. I admit, Lord, I am a sinner. Your Son Jesus Christ died on the cross. He took my sin away. He died my death. Jesus, give me life. I believe in my heart and confess with my mouth that Jesus Christ is the Son of the Living God. He is my Lord and my Savior. He was raised from the dead on the third day. Lord Jesus. I invite you to come through the door of my life and have fellowship with me. From today on, I will repent of my sin easily. I will obey you, love you, and serve you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for accepting me. Into your kingdom, in Jesus' name, Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Let me pray for you.
you, Lord Jesus. Father, bless this family. Bless their three daughters. May revival happen in the whole family, Lord. Not just both of them. May the blessing of Abraham and revival pass down into their three daughters, Lord. Oh Lord, pour out Your fire and Your Holy Spirit upon them. Touch them. Fill them. Burn all the curses and the junk in, in their life away. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Fire. 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 Mark. Come here. Fire. Lift your hand up. Thank you, Jesus. Walk in the room. Hallelujah. Father, all the bondage in his life, the curses his life. He used to worship Buddha, and now he gave his life to Jesus. Therefore, I command all the curses and the bondage in his life to be taken away. By the anointing of the Holy Spirit, be free right now in the name of Jesus. Be free in the name of Jesus. Fire! Thank you, Jesus. Don and Lynn, come out here. Thank you, Lord. Lift your hand. May the Lord use you. I sense the Holy Spirit to talk to me. That the Lord gonna use you in this chapter of your life. God moved you to the next chapter. He's going to use you to be the blessing to many people in this church. He will give you the grace, the word of encouragement, the word of knowledge, the word of wisdom. You will be a blessing to many, many young believers in this house. The Lord sent you here. New chapter of your life. But stay in the fire. Let the fire of God burn in you and through you in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Daniel and Ampalo. Daniel and Ampalo. Thank you, Jesus. Here we are, standing in your presence. Here Hallelujah. we are, standing in your presence. She kind of glory comes down. She Thank you, Jesus. glory comes down. Here we are, standing in your Hallelujah. presence. Here we are, 
standing in your presence Shekinah glory come down Yes Lord Release the Lord Release oh, the fullness Your spirit upon them Your spirit Fire Shekinah glory come Shekinah glory Christine. come Release the fullness Of your spirit Shekinah glory come Shekinah glory come Release the fullness Of your spirit I heard that God healed you Your ear What happened? God healed your ear and your You can hear now Praise God Praise God And your stomach got healed you Your intestine Bless her Healed her More And bless her financially Bless her and use her to be the blessing To many people The fire of God In the name of Jesus trust that this message is ministered to you. If you would like more information about New Hope International Church or other teaching CDs, please contact us at 206-275-1042. You may also visit our website online at www.newhopeinternationalchurch.com. I'm so thirsty.